0: Welcome to The CAP, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and I am here to introduce you to college admissions representatives and other professionals in the field of college admissions. Our purpose is to serve you, the students and parents, so that you may gain insight straight from the people who ultimately make the decisions. Regardless of whether you will apply to a particular school being highlighted, you should listen to all of the episodes, as each guest will give you tremendous insight and advice on every aspect of the college admissions process, prompting you to come up with your own follow-up questions for when you visit campus or meet with a college admissions representative yourself. Lastly, if you have any questions you'd like me to cover on future episodes or any comments you'd like to share, please email me at collegeadmissionstalk at And don't forget to visit our website at www.collegeadmissionstalk.com. So are you ready? Let's talk about it. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and it gives me great pleasure to introduce to you today Erica Castillo, who's the Associate Director of Admissions at Quinnipiac University in beautiful Hamden, Connecticut. Erica, thank you so much for being here today. How are you?
1: I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much for having us on um, your podcast today. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to connecting with your students and sharing more about Quinnipiac University.
0: It is our pleasure and honor. Thank you so much for giving of your time. So Erica, let me ask you, what is it about Quinnipiac University that makes it so appealing for so many students who want to apply and ultimately attend?
1: There's a lot of bright spots at Quinnipiac University. I'll share some of the things that we're really known for and some of the things that Um, are popular and up and coming at at Quinnipiac that might be interesting for your listeners. So um, one of the things we're really known for are our health science programs. Um, We have programs in physical therapy, occupational therapy, physician's assistant, and nursing that are competitive programs. Um, we also have a partnership with Hartford Healthcare, which has committed to giving all of our students, not just in the health sciences but in all majors, um, internship opportunities. So that is um, something that the university has been very excited about this past year. Um, some popular programs that students are interested in are in our School of Business, School of Engineering, um, School of Communications. Um, I think one of the things that is very unique about Quinnipiac, and it's something that Quinnipiac does very well, is our dual degree uh, programs. So all programs in the School of Business, School of Communications, and School of Engineering, and some programs in the other schools as well, offer a three plus one option, which is getting your bachelor's and your master's in four years. So um, what's great about the three plus one program is that it's um, frozen tuition and it's also fixed financial aid. So your undergraduate merit scholarship, which at Quinnipiac, we offer up to twenty eight thousand in academic merit scholarship. um, That academic merit scholarship carries over into the last year, which is really graduate level studies. So that's really unique because it's, it's tough to find academic merit scholarship for graduate level programs. And so with the three plus one um, option, that's really allowed for our students to take advantage of carrying over that financial aid into the graduate year and finishing out their studies that way. Um, another bright spot at Quinnipiac is that we are a division one school. So sports is really very um, central to our school pride on the campus.
0: Fantastic. Thank you so much for that great overview. I really appreciate the frozen tuition and the fixed aid that you described. And of course, being that Quinnipiac is right in the middle of New York City and Boston, there are so many partnerships and internship opportunities, as you explained. Mm -hmm. So thank you again, Erica. I also read about expansion of programs and facilities, much of which is going on over the last couple of years, and it seems to be continuing. What else could you tell us about the expansion at Quinnipiac?
1: Oh, wonderful. Yeah. I always tell our, our students and families when they come to visit um, campus, so please pardon our appearance. You know, this is Quinnipiac's way <laughs> of, of really um, responding to best practices and making sure always that our students have the absolute best uh, for their academic experience and also for their social experience. So um, one of the major projects that we have underway right now is our um, Athletic and Recreation Center. Um which we are um, almost done with. It it should be ready in about a week or two, which I'm really excited about. But that's going to have a new rock climbing wall. We're going to have a fuel bar, which is where students can go for pre and post workouts. Of course, we have exceptional, you know, cardio spaces. We have an outdoor lawn where um, they'll be planning some programming, some outdoor yoga activities, outdoor um, workouts, which is going to be a lot of fun. Um, And that'll be coming out very soon Um, we also are uh, almost done with our visitor center so if you do come to visit campus uh, sometime in october november hopefully we'll definitely have that um, new welcome center available for students and families and that's where the admissions office is located so, over the summer, we were in a temporary space, and now we're back over in the Eklund Center. We're looking forward to welcoming our families in our new space. We are introducing a patio to our admissions um, office. So, I personally am really excited about the patio um, because, you know, Quinnipiac is, is beautiful in the fall. Um, Another uh, major project that we have underway is on the south quad of campus. We will be introducing a new school of business and new uh, dormitories in the fall of 2024. So that's also underway. A lot of wonderful things going on at Quinnipiac University.
0: Well, I'm so glad I asked the question because as you explain there seems to be a lot of expansion on your campus in terms of facilities but also with your program so thank you again erica we really appreciate it i get a lot of emails from students and parents asking to ask questions more about life on campus so what else could you tell us about life on campus outside of the classroom
1: so our students are uh, very involved students you have academics of course quinnipiac is very known for its academics but in addition to that, we really like to offer students a well-rounded um, student experience. So uh, we offer over 140 different student clubs and organizations that our students can be uh, a part of. We have some that are um, uh, focused on affinity spaces, multicultural spaces. We have some that are focused on um, academic groups. We have some that are focused on um, just interest you know we have like a car club for example um, we have some some clubs in the political spaces as well so there's a ton, tons tons of, of opportunities for students to get involved on campus and a lot of our students do about 20% of our student body participates in our um, sororities and fraternities which are community centric groups they their work uh, typically partners with community organizations to to uh, contribute to the greater good of of, um, the local area and sometimes beyond, right? Um, We also have intramurals um, and club sports, over 30 intramural and club sports. So if you're not quite interested in competing at the division one level, we have some pretty fun and pretty competitive um, intramural and club sports. Some of them are also co-ed. So um, I think that makes things just uh, a lot more fun, a lot more interesting. Um, And then we also have study abroad, so a lot of our students will also participate in study abroad opportunities. Um, We have a website, educationabroad.qu.edu. I encourage families to go and take a look at our offerings for study abroad because they're quite extensive. We have sister programs in Ireland, uh, Spain, and Australia but we partner with many, many other countries and the courses that we offer in those countries are so interesting. So I would encourage families to go ahead and take a look at that as well. In terms of being physically present on campus, it is a predominantly residential campus. Students will live on campus for their first three years of study, so um, you'll feel that very much when you're walking around. Everyone wears their Quinnipiac stuff. It's more often than not, you will see um, students and staff wearing Quinnipiac gear, such as myself today, <laughs> um, because it's a very <laughs> proud campus. I think it's, a, um, it's a, an experience that our students really enjoy being a part of.
0: Well, Quinnipiac Pride is definitely alive and well. You could imagine that I have a lot of students that are currently there and many that have graduated and they have nothing but great respect and honor and memories of uh, their time at Quinnipiac. So thank you so much for all the great work that you do to ensure that you pick the right students to come to your campus, but keeping them happy while they're there. And it sounds like there truly is something for everyone inside of your classrooms and beyond intramurals, study abroad opportunities. And I really love how you talked about the sororities and the fraternities, but how they really get involved in the community mm-hmm. to give back and to really turn up their humanitarian efforts. So thank you so much for that overview. You're welcome. Erica, I was also curious, how many applications do you review a year and do you represent a specific region?
1: Yes. So I um, manage all applications coming from Long Island and Queens. Um, in In the admissions office, all of our counselors are um, divvied up by region. So if you're in a different part of the United States, you'll likely have a different counselor. Um Long Island in particular, it, we, we have a really great relationship with. We have a lot of students that come from Long Island. And I, I really think um, in speaking with families and, and prospective students, I think the main reason why um, Quinnipiac is, an, is, is a good choice for families in Long Island is that um, is its proximity. You know, it's far enough away where students can feel like they're getting this independent, mature adult experience. They're, they they're, they graduated high school. They're going on to college. Um, but it's close enough where they could easily come home for the holidays, um, come home on the weekends, you know, see their parents if they're feeling a little homesick um, and come right back. You know, so I think the proximity is, is something that um, really works well for students from Long Island. In terms of application review, I know that cumulatively as an admissions office, so that's with all of our territories together, we're probably going to review between 2,500 to 3,000 applications. So right now we are in the um, uh, admissions process part of the cycle. So this is typically when students are submitting their applications and, um, and, and their admissions documents. And then um, the, and and I'm sure we'll get into deadlines and whatnot, but um, we will be reading applications very shortly. So when we get get into the reading season, um, I will largely be reading applications from Long Island and Queens. I also have a very small second hat uh, in international admissions. So I will likely also be helping um, our director of international admissions, Sarah Gardner, with um, her efforts in the international space as well.
0: I want to welcome back Sean Patel, who is the founder and CEO of PrEP Expert. He's a Shark Tank entrepreneur making a deal with Mark Cuban back in 2016. And he's also a board certified dermatologist who received a perfect score on his SAT. Sean, welcome back. How are you doing today?
2: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back, John. So I just wanted to share with all your listeners real quick that we have an amazing partnership with the College Admissions Process podcast, and we have a really special offer for all of your listeners. So for any listener who wants to enroll their student into one of our prep expert SAT courses, ACT courses, or one-on-one tutoring programs, you can get 30% off just for being a listener of the College Admissions Process Podcast. All you need to do is put in the promo code college talk, one word, just college talk, and that'll give you 30% off all Prep Expert SAT courses, ACT courses, or one on one tutoring packages. Make sure you use the link in the show notes of the College Admissions Process Podcast.
0: Thank you, Sean. We really appreciate it. To our listeners, as an affiliate partner with Prep Expert, I want to be transparent with you that for every purchase made using our coupon code, which is College Talk, the College Admissions Process Podcast will receive a small commission from Prep Expert. But rest assured that we only promote programs that we believe in and feel would benefit our listeners. So whether you're preparing for the SAT, ACT, or need a one on one tutor, Prep Expert has the tools and expertise to help you. For more information, please see the Prep Expert affiliate partnership link in the show notes. And now let's get back to the show. Well, thank you so much for that comprehensive overview. And I appreciate that you mentioned that you review applications by region because that's another question that's come up from students and parents in terms of wanting to know do they do it by region? by the high school that the student is from, or by the academic major that they choose. So again, I appreciate that insight. Mm -hmm. So speaking of the students, Erica, what can you tell us about the average profile of the current freshman class in terms of their GPA and any other data you collect, of course, such as SAT or ACT scores?
1: Great. Yeah, that's a very good question, a very popular question that most families want to know. So the average GPA of um, the admitted student in last year's class was a 3.2 GPA on a 4.0 scale. Um, In terms of the SAT or ACT, for most programs, we are test optional. Um, I believe we only require the SAT for our physician's assistant program and for our three plus three accelerated um, dual degree program in um, a bachelor's, um, whichever major in your three years JD in law. Um, For those uh, programs where it's required, and if if students have interest in submitting a test score for any of our other programs, which again are, are test optional, the average SAT score for last year's admitted student was a 1200. Um, and the average ACT was a score of 24. So, you know, we'll take them. There's there's certainly a window um, of um, consideration when we're looking at th- uh, the test scores. We do also look at the individual sections and we do super score as well. So if you've taken the SAT multiple, multiple times and you want to um, use, you know, your math score from one exam and your other score from the other exam, we can um, take the best of. So. Um, I think in terms of the admissions process, we really try to look at at the student in a holistic way. So it's not just about academics. Of course, academics are important and it's important to do your best, um, especially in that junior year. Um, But I think uh, we're also looking at uh, volunteer opportunities. We're looking at, you know, has the student Um, decided to shadow, you know, if they're interested in the health sciences, do they have any patient care hours? Um, uh, Does the student play sports? You know, how active are they in their, um, in their community? So we're looking at a lot of different things, not just the um, exam scores and the GPA.
0: Understood, Erica. And if a student falls below the freshman class average, what are some of the things they can do to enhance their overall application?
1: Good question. So I would say that um, a student that shows that they're really engaged in their school community, even if their academic performance doesn't quite meet their threshold, we're also looking for that. I, I mentioned earlier that, um, you know, our students are, are um, engaged. They, they participate in our student clubs and organizations and our intramural sports and our, our fraternities and sororities. They're active students. Um, they're also passionate. You know, if you walk around our campus, you'll see uh, everywhere it says am- ambition unleashed, you know, and that's really the, the heart and the spirit behind the Quinnipiac student. You know, it's, it's a student that has a passion for something and that's pursuing it with all their heart. So if we see that students have that passion for something, you know, um, there's, and there's plenty of opportunities on the application to, um, to express that, we definitely take those things into consideration.
0: Understood. And I was also curious, Erica, do you use the student's high school GPA as indicated on their transcript or do you recalculate using your own metrics? And if so, any insight that you could give in that overall calculation would be greatly appreciated. Sure.
1: Um, Yeah, I I think generally speaking, we do look at things on a 4.0 scale. If it's on a hundred scale, that's easy for us to look at as well. Um, typically, we're looking for a student that averages in, in the B range, you know, at, at, at the least. Um, we do, uh, for international applicants, we do uh, conversion. Um, of course, for, for students that um, have studied overseas, that they don't always, um, the education systems of different countries vary greatly. And so we always bring that and translate it on a, the 4.0 scale so that we can understand it for, um, for admissions. So, um, yeah, I think that answers that, right?
0: <laughs> yes, it does. I mean, basically, you're looking at the transcript. You're not recalculating the transcript if it's on a 100-point scale. and. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. And on a 4.0 scale, if it is, um, there's some schools that are on a 5.0 scale, for example, right. we're pretty familiar with those things as well. So I think we can take those transcripts at, at base value.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much. And what are the different ways a student could apply to Quinnipiac? And is there a benefit to applying one way over the other?
1: There is no difference, um, you know, if they apply one way or the other, but we do accept two types of applications. We have an application directly on our website at quinnipiac.edu or qu.edu uh, slash apply. So you can apply that way, or you can apply via the common app, which truthfully is the more common way to apply. So uh, <laughs> we take them either way. Um, I think uh, the reason why Common App is, is more common is, is because you can apply for multiple schools at once. So um, we definitely take the Common App. Um, and again, there's, there's no difference. Um, we just care that students apply.
0: We appreciate that, Erica. And I know that Quinnipiac, like many other schools, is in fact test optional. Erica, can you share the percentage of students that were actually admitted that did not, in fact, submit any test scores?
1: You know, I'm, I don't know the exact number, but I will say uh, that throughout the pandemic, um, a lot of schools really self-reflected on the value of the SAT exam. And, you know, I oftentimes will hear or on the ACT exam, I oftentimes will hear people say, oh, when schools go back to requiring the SAT or the ACT. And I got to say, I think that test optional is here to stay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think that there was an awakening, uh, especially during the pandemic of um, how students learn, you know, and and Quinnipiac is very innovative in terms of how we approach Teaching and learning, and so um, that approach is very hands-on. It's um, uh, centered on experiential learning, and so very seldom does that involve testing. You know, and some kids test well, and some kids don't. You know, and so we understand that students have different learning styles, and that's very okay, especially in the in, in an environment like um, the classrooms at Quinnipiac. So, um, I would say that test optional is here to stay. Um, over the pandemic, which started in 2020 each year, so then 2021, 2022, I think less and less students are submitting their, their SAT and ACT scores.
0: Well, that's a great answer. And it points to the fact that the application is a marketing tool and there are many pieces to it. Yes. There's the transcript, the activity sheet. If you choose to submit test scores, that's just one other piece of a big marketing package. And, you know, no one test defines anybody. So I really appreciate your answer, Erica. Thank you so much. And Erica, what are some of the things that students do to demonstrate their interest in Quinnipiac? And is that something that you track as part of your overall admissions process?
1: We definitely, definitely track interest. Um, and it's something that I always find um, to be one of the more interesting parts of the application, looking at the students' timeline and seeing how long they've been interacting with Quinnipiac. You know, they first signed up three years ago for our email list and um, have been attending our virtual sessions and they came to an open house. And, you know, those those types of interactions definitely have value. Um, I will say, in, uh, recently I've been traveling a whole ton in Long Island, visiting high schools and doing college fairs. And so oftentimes university representatives will ask students to fill out an inquiry card. And so students will say to me, oh no, I don't have to fill that out because I'm already on the email list. Um, I would encourage students to fill those inquiries out always um, for this reason exactly, because I wanna know if I met you at a, at, a, um, at a university, at a college fair or at a high school visit, You know, and, and I gotta say, I'm pretty good with names. Um, I'm, I'm currently reading the book um, How to Win Friends and Influence People, and one of the things that they really <laughs> emphasize— Dale
0: Carnegie, great book, oh, it's such a great—I <laughs> I recommend and, it to anyone. <laughs>
1: yeah, and so one of the things that they really emphasize in the book is the importance of knowing someone's name. So um, you know, it's it's the season for for visiting schools, and and I try to be so intentional about knowing someone's name because that's something that is so true to the culture at Quinnipiac. You know, I've had. Um, when I first joined Quinnipiac, I remember people seeing me on campus and saying like, hi, Erica, like, how's your time here? And I'm, I'm looking at them like, who is this person? <laughs> <You know? laughs> but I was I remember feeling often surprised by how many people knew my name because it's such a tight knit community. And and people are, are genuinely excited when when new people come on board and and new students are, are no no subject to the rule. So I really try to to keep that present. Um, when I'm speaking to students even you know at, at my table, at a college fair or at a high school visit, um, so another reason why those inquiry uh, cards are really important is because it demonstrates interest at that particular school. So you know universities aren't just willy nilly going to any school and just crossing their fingers that hopefully they'll get students. you know these things uh, these decisions are supported by data. And so the inquiry cards are one of the ways that we use to support the decision to keep going back to that school again. And so, um, you know, I always encourage students, fill out your inquiry cards. You know, we want to (laughs) know that we met you in person, but also we want to make a case for next year so that we can keep coming back again and again and again. So um, interest is definitely something that is important, and it's uh, definitely something that we at Quinnipiac look at.
0: Well, I really appreciate that answer. And students and parents, you heard it here first, Quinnipiac University definitely tracks demonstrated interest. So students, parents, when you're at the college fair, at the high school visits, fill out the inquiry cards. You heard it here first with Erica. So thank you so much for that answer. I really appreciate it. And Erica, You're welcome. And Erica, how important are students' courses in progress and grades in their senior year? And what are you looking for when reviewing them? <laughs>
1: Yeah, so um, I would say the, the junior and senior year are definitely the most important years. We definitely don't want to see students that fall off the MAP, you know, their senior year. We want to know that students are going to be consistent. Um, You do have to submit your final transcript at the end of the school year. So we are still looking at that. Um, But basically, we're looking for trends in the student. You know, what are the things that they're really good at? How are they performing? What are the subjects that they're uh, performing really well in? Uh, and in that senior year, I think um, some of the things that are most important are, again, those those extracurriculars, you know, what things are they going to be involved in throughout their senior year? Are they taking AP classes? Are they taking IB or dual credit, you know, which we do also take? Um, those are the types of things that I think make a student strong during the uh, admissions process in their senior year.
0: I appreciate that. And you mentioned some of the different types of courses. Does Quinnipiac accept AP, IB, or dual enrollment classes for credit?
1: Yes, we do. So for um, dual enrollment, we, um, if the student has at least a C or better in those classes, they can submit their transcript. And... Um, and we can transfer those those uh, credits. What's great about transfer credits is that students can enter in their freshman year with advanced standing, so they've already taken care of a couple of um, courses that, of course, they won't have to now take at, at Quinnipiac. Um, for IB and AP, we also take those um, uh, courses for credit, so um, you have to get a certain score. It really depends on the... Um, Class, I know for AP, and we need at least a three or four on the AP exam in order to be eligible for transfer credit, and it depends on on the course. If you'd like to see a comprehensive list, you can view our um, our course catalog. Um, I forget the the site, but I know uh, if you Google it, AP credit, Quinnipiac University, um, you should it should bring you to a link that has a a complete list of AP courses and how those courses translate to um, the Quinnipiac curriculum. It also has the the score requirements, so definitely uh, be sure to check that out.
0: Well, we appreciate that, and Erica, I always include the Office of Admissions, for example, in this case of Quinnipiac University, in the show notes so that the students and parents can see it. Obviously, if there's any other links that you want me to share in the show notes, please provide it to me and we'll make it available to the students and their parents, no problem. And Erica, what are some examples of college essays that really stuck with you? And what advice would you share with prospective students in terms of what to think about when they're sitting down, getting ready to write their essays?
1: Oh, such a good question. And I have to say, I have been in admissions. This is my ninth year now. So I have read many, many a personal statement. And, and I man, I've had some really great stories, <laughs> you know, um, I want to start by saying, before I share some examples of what other students have shared with me, I want to start by saying that the personal essay is really, I think, the only space in the application um, where students have an opportunity to share their own voice from a first-person perspective. Right. We look at the transcripts and we make our assumptions about how the student is performing academically. Sometimes students will submit letters of recommendation and we take someone else's word for how they're performing or, or um, how they are as people, you know, and then sometimes they'll submit resumes, you know, and we can make our inferences about what activities they're doing. But it's really us making inferences about whether or not the student's going to perform well here at Quinnipiac. And so the the personal statement is the one opportunity that students to have to, sh- to share from their perspective. And so, um, again, I just want to reiterate the importance of, of having a passion and tapping into that, because that's something that's uh, really important. And um, from uh, the Quinnipiac student perspective. And I think that that's something that we look for on the application. We're looking for authenticity in, in the student voice. We're looking for passion. We're looking for students that are really interested and engaged um, because we think that's going to pair well with with uh, what we already have existing in, in our community. So some examples of stories that have stuck with me over time um, there was one young lady that was interested in engineering who wanted to build a bionic elbow, you know, and uh, she had already started doing research and it was really quite impressive. So basically her personal statement was about the limbs that bend, you know, your fingers, your elbows, your, your knees, you know, how important that is to, to human function and um, I'm, I'm, I don't recall why she chose the elbow in particular, but um, she was had already started doing research on, on building bionic elbows so that people can, um, you know, have more mobility in their joints. Um, let's see. There was another student, I recall, whose mother beat cancer. And um, so she was like, I mean, all in on cancer research. That was something that she was really passionate about. Um, I had a student one time from Ecuador who, um, whose family lived in a remote part of the country and it, they had um, trouble accessing uh, running water. Wow. And so his passion was really in, in irrigation and making sure that, you know, these um, rural communities had access to clean water. You know, there, there's a lot of different um, stories that students will come up with. Um, that last one I shared with you is was an international student of mine who's doing really well now. He's out in California, and um, and anyhow, the stories I, I those are pretty epic, you know. Um, but the stories don't need to be that epic. They really just have to be authentic and true to your own experience so you know I've, I've had students that are athletes you know and and they just talk about how much um their sport has added to their character you know and and how important that has been in keeping them um involved academically and involved in the community that that's sufficient for us you know it doesn't need to be anything that's like uh you know we're saving the world <laughs>
0: Well, those are great pieces of advice. I really appreciate it, Erica. And of course, we talked about the overall application as being a marketing tool. Another piece is the student activity sheet. What are some of the things that you're looking for beyond the work that they did in the classroom?
1: So, um, students should do some uh, extracurricular activity. Um, I've had students participate in mentor programs, for example, where they. are part of this sort of like welcoming committee and they welcome all the new freshmen at their high school and kind of keep in touch with them like they're a buddy program and and make sure that they acclimate you know because that transition from eighth grade to ninth grade can be pretty tough on some kids it's it really is a different format of um education going from elementary school uh, or grade school to the high school level. So I've had a lot of students share that they do that type of work. Um, I've had students share, you know, the holidays are coming up. Students will participate in um, food drives or, um, you know, uh, creating care packages for um, families in need for the holiday season or care packages for our military and active duty um or veterans. You know, I've had students um, share that they're tutoring, you know, that they're helping their peers. Um, there's a ton of student clubs that students share um, that they're participating in. And those things are so interesting. I have to say, you know, academics are academics, you know, we love to see good grades. But I think what really makes a student stand out is them participating in these things, you know, just in the past Two or three weeks um, traveling in Long Island, I, I can tell you off the top of my head some of the the stories that I've heard students share. You know, of things that they're they're um, doing. Even I had I met one student who who shared that you know his father was um, was a lacrosse star at Quinnipiac. <laughs> You know, and so there are little things like that that just stick with you. You know what I mean? It's like, yes, of course, we want to know that this is a legacy student, that this is somebody who's whose parent went to Quinnipiac or whose grandparent went to Quinnipiac. And, and that's why they're interested in, in carrying on the torch. You know, um, there's a lot of ways that a student can demonstrate um that sort of well-rounded nature that we're looking for in an application. Sports, of course, is another big one. A lot of students participate in sports. Some of them are captains of their sports teams. Um, and then we also have, um, you know, the, the volunteer work, you know. Um, some students will partner with the American Red Cross or um, uh, Boys and Girls Club, you know. There's a lot of different organizations that our students will partner with, and, uh, and they'll share that on their application.
0: Well, thank you so much for giving so many examples. And obviously, it's not a one-size-fits-all. You could talk to being a humanitarian, an athlete, or frankly, anything. So we really appreciate that answer, Erica. Thank you so much. And I was curious, can you explain what opportunities does Quinnipiac University offer students that may have had an IEP in high school in terms of helping them to ensure that they continue to be successful once they're on your campus?
1: Yes, very good question. And you know, this question comes up more often than I think most, um, most people would imagine. It's really quite common. And so we have a dedicated space on campus for students that need um, certain accommodations or um, additional support. Uh, it's called the Learning Commons. It's a space where they, they liken it to uh, being a mental gym. So even students that don't have IEPs or 504 plans will go to the Learning Commons um, to, to really work out their brain muscles, right? So the the uh, example that they use is, you know, if you want to get stronger, if you want to get physically stronger, you go to the gym and you you got to keep building your muscles, you know. And so um, the learning commons is, is a mental gym, you know, it's an <laughs> a- academic gym. So it's where students go to stretch their skills and, and um, stretch themselves, you know, so that they can um, accomplish their, their goals academically. So we do have um, a director of student accessibility. Her name is Kate Palum- Palumbo, and she actually will be joining us online in December, on December 1st, to do a virtual webinar For uh, prospective students and families. So if it is something that you're interested in, um, and I'll I'll put a little plug in here, because another one of my hats as an admissions counselor is for multicultural outreach. And so this year, uh, Quinnipiac is launching a virtual uh, inclusion series to celebrate diversity at Quinnipiac University. So next month, we'll be featuring, this is Uh, actually this month, oh my goodness, in October, October 12th, we'll be featuring uh, Hispanic and Latinx voices at Quinnipiac. The following month, uh, November, we'll be featuring um, veterans and um, military or or dependents of veterans and active duty military. Um, So there's uh, resources that are available at Quinnipiac for them. In December, we'll be doing student accessibility and support. So students with IEPs or 504 plans can learn more on a comprehensive way about the services that we offer for um, students that, have, uh, that require that, that additional support. And then in January, uh, all the way through May, we're featuring different affinity spaces. So first-generation students, women in business, STEM and film, um, uh, LGBTQIA, uh, AAPI, and I feel like I might be missing, oh, Black Student Voices. So we, we've got some really awesome uh, webinars coming up, and we hope that uh, you'll be able to, um, or your students, families, whoever's listening, will be able to tune into to one or a few of them.
0: Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much for that overview, Erica. It really sounds like you have something for everyone in the Quinnipiac community. So I really appreciate that. And again, if you want me to link any of the programs that you mentioned, we could make them available in the show notes for the students and the parents to see afterwards. So thank you so much for that overview. And speaking of all of the different students, what about students aspiring to play sports in college? What advice do you have for prospective student athletes in terms of making their intentions to play known?
1: Very good question. So the same way that us admissions counselors uh, recruit for academic programs. Our coaches recruit for our athletic programs. So each sport really has its own approach to student recruitment. Um, sometimes they'll have you send in a video or send in a highlight film. Sometimes they will um, send out a scout and come visit in person, um, or or they'll be present at certain games. Um, there's a lot of different things that our uh, our coaches do to recruit students. So the best thing to do is just to get in touch with the with the coach directly. So of course that information is available on our website, and I'll definitely send you the link for that because I have to say, our um, our athletic page is among uh, the more the most exciting web pages that we have <laughs> on our website. <laughs>
0: Fantastic. Thank you so much. This has been a tremendous conversation with so much awesome information for the students and parents. We can't thank you enough, Erica. And it leads us to the last question, which is what are your top three pieces of advice that you would give students and their parents who are getting ready for the college admissions process?
1: All right. Very good question. The first, um, the first piece of advice I would say is it's never too early to start. So, um, If you're a senior and it's the beginning of the school year, start now, start working on your application, start um, doing your personal statements. You'll probably end up doing several revisions of that anyway. So start as early as possible. Sometimes I have students that visit me and say like, oh, I'm just a sophomore, but I'm looking. Sure, great, you know, start as soon as possible. Your junior year is really the most important year to start thinking very critically about what you want out of a school. Do you wanna be in, a, um, in an urban environment? Do you wanna be in a, a rural environment? Is important? Is it important for you to have smaller classroom sizes? Think about those things. Um, and really start to to visit schools and imagine yourself in uh, on campus and in those different spaces. It's never it's never too early. I, I gotta say there there has been um, the earliest I have ever seen a parent inquire. They had a four year old. They were had <laughs> a college grad. I was like, wow, that is the earliest, <laughs> you know. So listen, it's never too early. Of course, there are, are um, points during the years. That are um, more more critical than other years, and that's definitely going to be your junior and your um, senior year. But I think a sophomore year is really good to get started as well. Um, so that's my first piece of advice: is start early. You know, if you're a senior, especially, start at the beginning of the year when the FAFSA opens on October 1st, which it's already open now. Uh, submit your FAFSA. Um, you know, that's another thing that I hear families say sometimes is you know, oh, we're not going to submit the FAFSA because, you know, uh, we're not going to get anything. No, submit the FAFSA. You never know, you know, and and the earlier you do it, the better. So um, uh, that's my first piece of advice. Um, My second piece of advice is to be authentic in your personal statement. So again, your, your personal statement is really the, the main opportunity for students to share their voice in the application process. It's one of the most interesting parts of of the application review process for us admissions counselors. We definitely want to hear your voice and um, we want your experiences to be as authentic as possible. So, you know, be authentic, embrace yourself, embrace your identity, you know, and, and share who you are in that personal statement. The last piece of advice that I have is to visit campus. So if you have your little short list of schools that you're really interested in, please, please, please come to campus. I think, you know, we as admissions representatives, we can tell you until we're blue in the face how amazing our campus is and how awesome our classrooms are. I don't think there's any amount of words that could truly do it justice. Um, over visiting campus in person. There's nothing like seeing it with your own eyes and giving yourself an opportunity to really imagine yourself at that school. So uh, we do have some open houses coming up, shameless plug here. <laughs> so, and we offer um, <laughs> campus tours um, twice a day, uh, Monday through Friday, and some Saturday sessions as well during the fall, um, fall semester. So definitely uh, come check us out, come visit us on campus. And if you have any questions, you can reach out uh, to me directly. My contact information is located on our website, and I'm sure uh, Mr. Durante is going to share it as well.
0: Absolutely. And thank you so much. It's so obvious, Erica, that Quinnipiac University is so lucky to have you, and we were so lucky to have you for this conversation. I am so happy because I know that it's going to help so many students and their parents. I can't thank you enough for your time and expertise today. You are awesome, Erica. Thank you so much.